Last week, hundreds of Google employees announced they're forming a union. Unions are highly uncommon in the tech world, partially because they traditionally fight for better pay and benefits. Workers at places like Google mostly have that. When you look at the companies within Silicon Valley and especially tech, you know, for the most part, the employees are very well compensated. They have perks that just aren't available for for most American workers. Bodia Tway is a technology editor. If wages are a common reason why people seek collective bargaining in the first place, for the most part, that isn't really an issue for workers within Google or its parent company Alphabet. The median pay across the company was nearly $259,000 in 2019. That's among the high end of S&P 500 companies. And some people would say, well, if unions help me make more money, I'm, I'm doing pretty well without a union. I don't need that. So what's the point? But the point for Google union organizers is clear. To have a united voice against what they see as ethical lapses at the company. Years ago, Google's unofficial motto was, don't be evil, with the aim of, we don't want to design products and we don't want to do things that could cause harm to the world and the people in it. Over time, there's some concern that some of the ideals that the company was created on have changed. And a lot of the activism that we're seeing today is because they want things to change for the better. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Limebaugh. It's Monday, January 11th. Coming up on the show, why Google employees, some of the highest paid people in the country, are forming a union. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Over the past decade, activist employees at Google have been getting louder and louder over a host of issues. One point of tension, Google's government contracts, especially with law enforcement and the military. One high-profile example was in 2018. There was a project that was codenamed, and I love code names for all these. They make these projects seem like high-level military, <laughs> high-level military secrets. But one such project was Project Maven, a program that was aimed at helping the Pentagon identify and track drone targets through AI. It was a program that executives ultimately thought would help reduce civilian casualties, especially in conflict zones. And some people really thought that this program could have some real benefit for the U.S. military, while other people who might have been anti-war in the first place, or they oppose working on technology that could ultimately be used by the military or in conflict zones. Some people just said, hey, this isn't what we should be doing anyway. This isn't the type of company that we want to be a part of. About 3,000 employees signed a petition for Google to stop working with the Pentagon on Project Maven. And the organizing succeeded, 
executives did not renew the contract. Later in 2018, Google employees learned about what they saw as another ethical lapse. There was an executive who was accused of sexually harassing a woman who worked for them. And this executive ultimately got an exit package that was around $90 million. He was one of three executives accused of sexual misconduct who activists say the company treated lightly. To protest this, more than 20,000 employees from around the world participated in a walkout. We demand structural change in the name of transparency, accountability, and equity. Time is up. Time is And the idea was, you know, to force the company and to send a message to say, hey, we have some real problems here with Google's culture. We want you guys to do better. And we want management to be aware of the concerns that we have. Organizers say talks of a formal union started soon after that walkout. One of the people who eventually joined those conversations was Andrew Gaynor-Dwar. I'm a software engineer. I've been at Google for about four and a half years, and I'm in the Cambridge office near Boston. And what is your background that got you to be a software engineer at Google? I actually was a mathematician before I came into software engineering. So I I did a PhD and uh, spent a few years teaching and doing postdocs and then gave up on the academic job market and decided to switch to software engineering. Andrew had been at Google for about three years when he got involved with activism after an event that's now called the Thanksgiving Four Firings. The real flashpoint for me was a little over a year ago when Google fired four workers who'd been organizing around different issues within the company. One that hit me particularly close was a woman who worked in the Cambridge office, Sophie Waldman. Google says Sophie was fired for allegedly violating its data security policies and code of conduct. But according to Andrew, Sophie was fired after finding out that a project she worked on was for the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE. Sophie was one of the organizers who was working on rooting out what was going on, organizing people to stand up and protest it, and then they fired her. And that really hit home, right? That was someone from my office. That was someone I had seen around the office. I didn't know her personally, but I knew her to see her. Uh, And she was someone whose work I really respected. And they just tossed her out. That really troubled me. And did you raise it with Google management? So, of course, I talked to my immediate managers, but there's not really a mechanism within Google to go from me, Andrew Gaynor DeWar, this particular software engineer, is upset about this, to executives listening to me and saying, you're right, we did something wrong. And so... Forming a union was the the mechanism that we found for all of us who were upset about this and, and other issues to get together and reach democratic consensus about what we cared about and stand up together. And how did that work? How do you get involved with a union that doesn't exist yet? So I got involved with this in meetings in the Cambridge office where we were talking about the fact that Sophie Waldman had been fired. And... You know, we were grieving, we were planning, and we were just sitting around in a conference room talking about it. And as the meeting was wrapping up, one of the people who's now on the executive board actually wheeled over to me and, no joke, whispered to me, do you want to talk about a union? It was 
that level of cloak and dagger, right? We were actually whispering to each other and trying to keep it a secret. And what'd you say? Sure. <laughs> you weren't afraid? Well, of course. We're talking about organizing against people who employ us. And that's an issue that union organizers like Andrew have focused on. How to protect activist employees from retaliation. But just last month, another high-profile firing took place. Here's Bo again. This is really relatively fresh. So there was a Black AI researcher. Her name is Timnit Gibru. She was the co-head of what Google calls its ethical artificial intelligence team. And she was fired after she refused to retract a research paper that she wrote and then complained about the company in an email to colleagues. And she has published research that showed that facial recognition algorithms are more likely to misidentify people of color. And, you know, she's been a critic of tools used by law enforcement aimed at predicting and preventing crimes in large part because she's found that the tools themselves discriminate against darker skinned people. A Google executive said that Gabru's research was, quote, insufficiently rigorous. But after a major uproar over her dismissal, CEO Sundar Pichai said the company would review the circumstances of her firing. A month later, a group of Google employees announced their union. After the break, what one of Silicon Valley's first unions looks like. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever. And you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. The union at Google, called Alphabet Workers Union, has an uncommon structure. The Alphabet Workers Union is launching what's known as a minority union, meaning that its membership represents less than 50% of workers. Less than 50% of workers. That's an important number for U.S. labor law. Because only unions with more than 50% of eligible employees can engage in collective bargaining, negotiating with management for better wages and conditions. Minority unions can become majority unions over time, but... In the meantime, under federal law, you can't bargain with or get a labor contract with a company as a minority union. So since Google's union is a minority union, meaning it can't negotiate a contract, what are its main goals? It's about advocacy. The stated purpose is they want to promote solidarity, democracy, and social and economic justice. So that's their top-line mission. And if you look at workplaces today, 
and especially what we went through with 2020, there were a lot of companies that had to grapple with some really, really difficult workplace issues. How do people feel like they can bring their full selves to work? How do we deal with diversity and inclusion within the company? How do we deal with the underrepresentation of women in management? All these issues were kind of brought to the forefront and the Alphabet Workers Union is betting on is that if we take our collective efforts with the support of the union, we can get the company to do things differently and to be better. And that's the pitch that they're making to workers. And that's the message that they're trying to bring to management as well. In response to the announcement of the union, Google's head of people operations said its employees have the legal right to organize. But the company will continue to engage directly with its employees. Google and other tech companies have really kind of innovated the office, right? Offering big salaries, lots of benefits, limitless time off, snacks. But now that isn't enough for employees. They're still organizing to form a union. What does that say to you? Well, some people would say that it's never been enough. And if you talk to some workers, they would say, you know, some of these issues that we're bringing up now, they've been bubbling below the surface, but either they didn't feel like the company was attuned to the issues or they didn't have enough of a voice. And by being more active and being more vocal and maybe working through the support of a union, they now have the license and the ability to do that and to be more vocal about how things need to change within a company. And what's the pushback to that argument? Some people would say, well, if this company has made a ton of people rich (laughs) and if it's developed products that have literally changed the world, what's the point? You know, we've been doing fine on our own. Why do we need to add a layer of friction to something that's already working? Are we seeing union organizing happening anywhere else in the tech world? There's an Amazon warehouse in Alabama where workers within that warehouse are going to hold a union vote later this year. There are probably workers in other companies that are looking at what the folks at Alphabet are doing and are possibly having similar conversations, especially as they think along the same lines. There's been a lot of concerns within the American tech industry about how these companies operate, and not just from outside the company, but within the walls as well. The power of Google's union will partially depend on how many employees join. And Andrew, the software engineer and union activist, says that number is growing. The union launched with 230 members. Now it's up to nearly 700. So that's more than doubling in size just from people reading about us in the news. We're hearing from people all over Alphabet, from vendors, from contractors, from full-time employees, in one-on-one conversations, people who are super excited to join, people who want to know how they can get involved, and who want to know what the union is going to do about the problems that they have, whether it's conditions for vendors or for contractors or harassment, discrimination. Do you see this union movement that you're part of as being different from the union movement of 100 years ago? No. The tech industry builds very different products than the timber industry or the coal industry. But the issues are the same. We're workers. We want dignity. We want 
control over the conditions of our work. We want to ensure that everyone has a fair shot at the produce of our work. But you're not dealing with black lung, and you have a PhD in mathematics. It's a different class of workers. To be clear, we stand in solidarity with all the workers, right? And from what we've seen since our launch, they stand in solidarity with us. And I think the class divisions between software engineers and longshoremen or timber workers or coal miners are much smaller than the class divisions between us and billionaires. That's all for today, Monday, January 11th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.